Before we start, I have one important question, uh, uh, Jason. Do I get one of the uh, the the shirt, the new shirts with the uh, the Joy Division logo on it? So you... I've got your shirt right here. I wore it yesterday. <laughs> it still smells good. Oh, you can get the John Strand smelt. John, can you send it to me on wash? Costs please? extra. That's, that's that's Old Spice. That's, so that's good spice. It's well, actually. We... It's that there was that green deodorant, like that every hotel has. Like Irish every spring here, I got it. No, no, I'll be right back. Hold Best. On. So I don't remember hotels so anymore. So we sent five hundred shirts to John so that he could wear each one. <laughs> sell them for twenty dollars oh, extra. Well, at least he doesn't every, have to every day for a year. You, a new, you should a new have shirt. sent him. 365.4 like and cut one <laughs> just cut one of them to make like a crop top <laughs> there, there's one for every single day this is the this is the deodorant of desperation speed stick um, <laughs> speed stick it's specifically the fresh speed stick that the hilton's stock john has like a lifetime supply of that because of forgetting deodorant and being and like, oh, i forgot deodorant we're sending someone right up sir and he's like your deodorant and i'm like oh god speed stick yeah, the smell isn't bad but it makes your like sticks like ah it's horrible Let's do it. All right, I'm hitting the button. And by the way, we're coming up on a magic, magic time at Black Hills Information Security. This is this is one of the things. Do we I all get out. unicorns. We <gasps> all get unicorns. Fantastic. That was the first thing that went live. Um, we all get unicorns. EHIS is about to pass me on Twitter, and that's huge. Yes. Like, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> Are you watching that, Jason? I'm coming for you. Yeah, it's like watching the election results. You just keep hitting refresh. Yeah. Uh, as soon as it passes me on Twitter, I can retire. That's I'm coming it. for you. So I'm, I'm having flashbacks to 2015 when you told the six of us that were employed at the time you didn't want this to be the John Strand show anymore. <laughs> and so we're almost there. So <laughs> it helps you hire people who are more famous than you are. Uh, <laughs> well, that didn't so, work for me. That helped. I almost said I'm coming for you, old man, but you're only like a couple months older than me, so never mind. Yeah, <laughs> just a couple. So, but no, that'll be so exciting because I don't know many companies that actually have a good following of the company itself per se, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm just waiting for the tweet, tweet, tweetly, All right, Ryan, we've got 20 people, uh, or or have we been live for like 10 minutes? We've been live since uh, everybody was getting a unicorn. We've been live since we've been live since I rode my unicorn. <laughs> I just assumed that we exactly. were live when we all started talking. Oh, there we go. I want to take a few things back. <laughs> Never mind your webcast. Got a horse outside. Okay. Might be a bit obscure for people, but I'm already know. getting stuff in the feedback on the live chat. Hey, everyone. Hello. All right. We got Mubix's disembodied head with us today. Sorry. <laughs> we also have Deb's. Angry head does not look happy. That's an angry face. That looks it's like smiling. Snark. It's a snarky smile. Snarky snark snark. That's like the smile. I did something wrong, and I'm about to get into trouble. I'm sure her teenage children know that face very well. Very very well. So this is kind of a weird show today. Um, so I want to start out with the news. Uh, we should probably do the intro thing. Deb, Jason, you guys ready? That happened. All right. So uh, let's kind of kick this off. Um, 
article. It's five ways that passwords fail, uh, basic security tests. And since we have a bunch of pen testers here, I just wanted to and Jason, uh, I wanted to go through and say, what are the when we when we're doing security assessments on organizations, what are the password mistakes that people make that drive you the most insane? Like you're like, oh my god, not this crap again. Um, so, Derek, what is what is your startup like? You know, the one that you just hope you never see again. I, I think my favorite one is when an administrator figures out that you know his password or his or her password, right? And then they uh, change it and then just increment like the, the digit on the end by one. Because that's right. That just happened more than one time. Uh, it, that that just face palm. Oh, it's crazy. All right, Ralph, you, since you've been yeah, doing this. My favorite is when you actually uh, get someone's password and then they find out that they that you have their password and then they change it and then they increment it by one. And then you just <laughs> guess that and then keep on going. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I left the inference that, yeah, I, I figured yeah. it out, right? Yeah. In real time, it's very fun. It's very yeah. fun. They, very no, this is, they can't figure it out. Yeah. Password issue plus plus. Rob, yeah. what's your what's your your password faux pas that you hate to see? I honestly hate seeing passwords in shares. Like this has oh. been twenty years of me doing testing and something or something close to that, and I've found password in shares since. Like hey. like we just need to stop doing let, it. Let me like, ask you a question, Rob. When's the last time you found a password in a share? I know the answer. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> well, so so here's here's my thing because i read a lot of your reports as they come through not many lately but i'll read the reports where you guys go through you crack the passwords and then you show the passwords in the report kind of obfuscate the names and i i know the the person that that hired us to do this pen test was at a conference and i know that the person was wearing one of the bhis t-shirts that said like summer 2019 and I know that they, they know that that's not a password that should be in their organization. And as I'm going through the report, I'll see that password and I'll call the tester and be like, hey, whose password was that? And they're like, that's the dude that hired us. Like the guy that literally had our T-shirt that had summer 2019 on it. Like that's, that's the guy. And yeah, you find out that they were literally using the password that everyone in the industry knows that they should not be using and they still use it. And you call them up and you're like, is this a joke? Yeah. And they're like, no, That's dude. I, 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 shame. <laughs> for shame. 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 And then what's worse is when we come back the next year and it increments by one year. They never learn their lesson <laughs> uh, to that at all. And it, it's that's that's probably my pet peeve. And the other one that I hate a lot is whenever you crack an administrator's password, they know that you've cracked their password, and then you basically crack it again and they just incremented it by one. I hate that one. So one of the cool things that happens to our like our content community interns is that once they've gone through being at Black Hills, they will have the best passwords over the next like the rest of their lives. Like we scare them so much by being here <laughs> that that they have like 15 character passwords. They got all kinds of like it's a passphrase. Like it's it's a nice uh, advantage to being. So here. in Google, you can see how long people's passwords are. Uh, so if you're in a Google Apps domain. You can say, oh, John's password is like 23 characters or whatever, and this person's is like 12, 9, whatever. And we go through and we audit that. <clears throat> One intern 
who now works for us full time. His password was 128 characters. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that means that they store the passwords in clear text. So, yeah, I've, I've had the <laughs> same thought before, Rob. I, I, it bugs me because the, one of two things is happening. They're storing it in clear text somewhere, or, right? Or yeah. they're keylogging. One of the two, you know, right? Or they're using something like LastPass, which brings us to a question. I know everyone says to use LastPass. This is where, like, Rob and I kind of – we have these things, right? Because uh, no. Wait, would, no, we're talking about referring, Google app, talking about Google, Google knowing it, right? Not, yeah, yeah, I was talking about Google knowing the character link. They can only do it like two ways oh. that I can think of, right? They're yeah. either storing it in clear text somewhere or but, they're key logging you somehow, right? Like how else would you be able to get the character count? Maybe you could look at the length of the encryption as it comes yeah. out, but I think you're right. They're storing mm-hmm. it, but that also gets into my LastPass problem, which is the exact same problem. LastPass is storing your crap in clear text. And that scares the living hell out of me, um, especially whenever you sign up for a website and you use the same password. It pops up as like, hey, you're using the exact same password here as you are over there. And I know it's better than people using the same password. But after all these years, it still creeps me out. It, you could do both of those client side, though. So yeah, like uh, on, the, on the password length, too. So like when you type that in javascript side so on your on your browser you could say oh this is this many characters upload that information to google as well as the hash right and then the same with LastPass, right you can do that client side as well so on the the plugin inside of um you know in your browser it's comparing just running through the database that's there but LastPass doesn't know that password just your client can you know make a quick comparison right? oh LastPass definitely knows your password yeah. um but I'm, you use the same password on six sites it says you're using the exact same password and it'll remind it you it doesn't know what the password is but is it wrong that i trust LastPass more than i trust google i just no. assume that google <laughs> is taking all the data and storing it somewhere so i, I love that ralph is very very uh positive thinking that that google would not want to know your password in clear text that they would definitely just calculate yeah. it on hold on hold side. on i said it's possible not that they don't want to know i'll give that a 0.5 so the 2.5 ways and the reason i'm only giving it 0.5 is because if they're going to do that they're just going to take your password yeah yeah it's yeah. possible yeah why, so, why don't they just you know not even hash it screw it you know just Give it out. Do we yeah. want them leaking the number of characters it actually is? Because that that's taking away that, a lot of taking away a lot of advantage for me. I think. I, I think if you know the link, that really really allows you to tune your your dictionary list and your oh, password yeah. tracking and something like um like like Hashcat and that filter it becomes a lot faster because you're just focusing on that specific well, size. You, you just eliminated Beige Hat eight through one hundred. Beige Hat says, oh, sorry. Beige Hat says that I just suggested LastPass to one of our, our my users. We're not saying that it's bad. I'm just I, I want to make sure that no. We I, I honestly I, I will debate. I'll, I'll debate whether actually LastPass can read that password or whether it's the actual browser client like your your program right there like your in-browser plugin is looking at all your passwords in clear text yeah. because it's unencrypted as opposed to literally LastPass being able to. Put that into a database and churn it through it. Is it LastPass comparing the hashes and saying these hashes are the same? It could. I hope yeah. not. No, I no. Really hope not. Remember, you can go into LastPass very quickly and say copy clear text. I mean, you can copy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah but that's, you can. That's, 
unencrypted would, in in the browser plugin locally. It has on your to be, machine. or you can't use the password. Yeah, right. I mean, I've always looked at LastPass <laughs> as the digital equivalent of me keeping a notebook on my shelf with all my passwords in it, which I still don't think is a terrible idea for a lot of people in their you know their risk model. Like I would tell my mom. Write them all down, keep them in a drawer, because if somebody breaks into your house, that's a bigger problem than if, you know. Well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and also, like, that whole idea of, like, if you have a, a notebook with y- your passwords on it, if somebody breaks into your house, you know, thieves don't read. Um, they're, <laughs> out on, they're strung out on meth. Um, so they're probably not going to look at that and be like, quick, grab that notebook. Am I going to get the flat panel TV or the notebook that says passwords on it? So Wait, real you can world- always write. You can always write your password backwards when you write it down. (laughs) That'll mess with their head. There's always those guys that are like, so I always remember my password by key shifting. So I use this password, but then I shift over two or three keys and I type it that way. Like like why? So the other thing I wanted to ask about this, because I think that this is important. And I think that there's so many differing views in the security community is two-factor authentication. We spend a lot of time talking about this type of two-factor authentication is good. This one's bad. Um, you have SMS, you have push notifications. So whenever we're, we're whenever we're pen testing, I think Rob, you brought up a really good point. If you have SMS two factor authentication, it's relatively trivial. Um, it's not something that a lot of people do, but it's relatively trivial to kind of take over someone's phone number, right? Yeah. So uh, I've I've seen a lot of hubbub about SMS on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, everybody's uh, complaining about it and and i i have a strong feeling that um it's good enough unless you're targeted right and one of the things that you can target with is like uh, you can go into any one of these uh chain like uh uh simply a wireless or or t-mobile or at&t or whatever and say hey this is my old number can you convert it to this new phone? And they do that for you. So with very, very little verification that you owned that last number. Um, yeah. So yes, you'll be taking over the phone number. Yes, you'll be stopping them from being able to use it. But who the hell uses their phone these days? <laughs> right? <laughs> so like they might not notice for a while. So the other thing about that is I don't think that people understand like, well, in order for them to change my stuff over in Verizon, they're going to have to know my so the last four of my social security number. That's written on that, everything. That's, yeah, <laughs> you can get that pretty easily, right? That's not hard. And even if you have like a TransUnion or a background check account with any of these different vendors, it's like five bucks to get it. Um, and that kind of is one of those lines that we never cross as pen testers where people are like, we want you to come at us like a real hacker. It's like, okay, I'm going to clone your CEO's phone by basically finding his social security number. And, I'm, and they're like, okay, well, don't do not do that. That's how bad. Not like a real attacker, though. Yeah, not like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like a real attacker, but real. not a real attacker. I want a real also, there's only four digits. I, I want yeah, one of those like, spearfishes that says that there's a shipment coming from UPS. Do that. Right. There's like, hundreds of thousands of web government websites and there's only four digits that you need to guess. So so you can you can try it a lot of places very quickly. So no, that's absolutely true. Now, Derek, I wanted to ask you, I think you were on a pen test where it was a push notification for SMS or not SMS, but for two factor where you try to log in and it pops up and it says this particular system in this location is trying to access. Do you want to allow it? Yes or no. 
And it wasn't at you. You had a test that you just basically kept sending it to this person. And eventually they're just like, F yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. They were an admin too. So, um, I mean, look, I, I guess I don't really fault it that, you know, like you're, uh, you know, in the middle of doing something and you're, you know, just getting frustrated. I mean, I think everybody's been there, but, uh, you know, that's happened before. I, uh, definitely agree with Rob though, that I feel like SMS is good enough. Um, for most folks, like I, I, and then I'd rather have that, uh, you know, SMS second factor than no second factor at all. And there are some services that, that, you know, that's all they offer. So you either get that or no two factor. So, so one of the questions I, I want to ask everybody is, you know, whenever you're looking at like evil engine X and, uh, cred sniper and cred King and all these different things that we're using, uh, to try to bypass that two-factor authentication, my concern is where the hell do we go next? I mean, we know that a lot of these two-factor authentication components can be attacked and they can be bypassed. And somebody in one of my classes I was presenting today asked me, he, he said, look, if somebody's coming after you, wh- what do you have? If, if, you, if these things don't, if these things can be bypassed, is there anything that's actually foolproof whatsoever? And honestly, I I don't know what the hell we do. Like there's U2FA, but that opens up an entirely different can of worms. So I, I, I don't know what I mean, that When, when we yeah. say targeted, like targeted by who? Like if it's a nation state, I think, you know, your best bet is to just stop using technology. Like I don't know what you're going to do, right? Like they're, they're going to win, right? So, uh, I mean, that that's who we're talking about targeting you, right? Um, so... I, I think nothing's foolproof, right? But I mean, I, I think some implementations, and then uh, I think uh, you know, like some smarter type technologies, like you know, what, what was it called on the Microsoft side, the Impossible Traveler, like where if somebody, yeah. if your if if your behavior is from one geographic region, and all of a sudden someone's VPNing in from another place, and you couldn't have traveled there, and you know, the, the four minutes that was the difference, then someone gets an alert. So I think you know, the only answer I would have is that. There would be uh, some a defensive, per, you know, you know, person on the other side or on the on the blue team side paying attention. Mm-hmm. I, I went down this road recently with an actual client, and they were asking the same question: like, how do we prevent this? And the next step is universal two factor. But um, and, and there, you know, universal two factor does prevent one of the big things, which is session uh, token capture. You can't replay those session tokens with universal two factor, but. Uh, as I investigated this process a lot more, all the sites right now that do offer universal two-factor, a uh, authentication device, so a regular two-factor like token, is the backup solution, okay? So that's typically how they set all of those up. Google is like that. A lot of them are like that. So that, that way, if you don't have your token device or whatever, that's what it falls back to. Yeah. Um, so. I was going to ask then if, if you start attacking the I, I lost my token thing, like what mm-hmm. what happens then? Yeah. It, it, you know, it's it, we get into that security versus convenience, right? You know, See, this is why I jump on this soapbox of user empowerment. Um, there's mm. nothing more powerful. There's nothing more powerful than than shooting a, a user a message um, saying, "Hey, you logged in from here. Um, is this where you normally log in from? Uh, mm. It doesn't look like it. This is the town you logged in from. Do you want to <laughs> allow this? <laughs> I'm yep. serious, like." My no, mother yeah. understands those those emails from Google, and she's yeah. like, "Hey, someone logged in from Czechoslovakia. Um, can you help me, son? 
I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm on it. Like I, I've noticed more and more of my personal services are doing that, right? Like a, a couple of like, probably like, yeah, I do too. Like six months ago or so I got a notification. Like, someone like logged into my GoPro account from Spokane, Washington or something like, uh, no, no. I needed it. Derek, I, I, right? I know. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, there's video, right? So I went and changed the password and then they add a two factor. It was an option. My bank is USAA and they were all over this. This was five years ago. Yeah, we flew that's good. Oh, San Diego and we went to Walmart and I'm walking out of the, the parking lot from buying stuff at Walmart and I get a text. Did you make a purchase at, at this store in San Diego? I'm like, yes, no. I did. Yeah, you're right. Bank me. fraud departments yeah. are. Bank bank fraud departments no, no, are definitely way, yeah. way above uh, ahead of the curve on this part, right? They've say, been doing this forever. Yeah, you, what, you, you for some math. What we need is the bank fraud departments, like technologies and 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 techniques to get themselves into security products. Yep. Yep. Like my my dad has a internet connected um, garage door opener for some stupid reason. That sounds awesome. Um, he asked me to look at it. I opened his garage um, from my house in Virginia to his house in Oregon, um, and it sent him an alert saying <laughs> that that someone tried to open your garage from over here, and they stopped it. Like what? Right. So this small awesome. garage door company um, is way better than some of the best security <laughs> products out there, which is insane. <laughs> Like, and I hope that that yeah. trend continues, but I think that we're going to continue to have that gamut, right? Where you're going to have people that are on that cutting edge and you're still going to have people that are like, your password can't be longer than nine characters. Oh, God. When I see that, I just want to go crazy, man. Because I use yeah. a password manager. You forgot a special character on your 27 character. Yeah. That's right. Please re-enter. Uh, so, Whenever they say right. I can't use those characters, it just makes me want to use those in every other form in that site because there must be a reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way that they try to fix a problem and now yes, you want to they can fix the problem off. yes <laughs> sorry you can't use open bracket close bracket greater than less than anywhere it's like here's well, your sign well no it's yeah here's your side all right so the next one this was a bit of a concern that i had whenever i started looking at the news stories for this week on a bunch of websites and i'm not going to go through each one but this whole ransomware thing is, I, I know it's been going for a long time, but it's starting to get out of control. Um, and one of the things that's concerning me about a lot of these ransomware attacks that I'm reading about as you go through them is, folks, this is something we've been talking about for over a year. Um, basically, uh, the ransomware attacks are moving from automated to actually having real human operators uh, behind those ransomware attacks. And this is the concern that we've been talking about for a long time. Like you remember, um, I think I was talking to Derek about this at DerbyCon, but we were drunk and uh, we were talking about like, what is stopping ransomware from going just being automated and actual like, like pen test level quality attackers doing these attacks and then doing it and talking about how terrifying that would be. And that's now what we're seeing. And um and I, think I remember that conversation, and I think my take was, oh, my God, if you were an attacker and you uh, had a goal, an actual target attacker, and you co completed that goal, and you just dropped ransomware to basically be like, oh, look, I, now it's a ransomware attack. And not only did you cover your tracks, but you created this whole other incident as a smoke screen. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. So, and then, you know, kind of running with this a, a little bit more, I don't think that number one, there's two main things. One, I don't think that they're going to abate. I think it's just going to continue. And the other thing that a lot of people in the pen test community generally don't talk about, and I'd like to get everyone's opinions on this, seems to me like the larger an organization is, the easier it is to break into that organization. Um, just because the attack surface, the user base, you just need to find one person out of 20, 30, 40,000 that's willing to, you know, click a link or do something. I, I just, I, you know, I, I had a couple of calls last week with customers that were fairly large and they're like, how do we deal with this whole ransomware thing? Um, and we go through the motherhood and apple pie stuff. But when you're a really large organization, like just trying to defend all of those different points is incredibly difficult. I can name on probably one hand the organizations that are what we consider to be large, like 40,000, 50,000 and greater, that have amazing security from tip to tail. And even those organizations still get penetrated by various pen testing firms that have enough time. So I want to kick it over to you, like the large scale organization ransomware. Do you think that this is going like, how do we actually improve on this? Because I I think that this is where the attacks are outstripping defenses again. So, so why do I still feel like the trend is that that, that it's county county governments because they're easy schools yeah. some mm-hmm. hospitals that are getting yeah. hit because, well, what is because, it they, because they don't have match? they don't have budgets you just named yeah. places that don't have budget to to hire so then it's it's not so then the motherhood and apple pie must be working at some of the defense contractors or the development. The banks, the financials, they don't seem to be – I don't see many news articles about those organizations. Because they do yeah. better at containment because yeah. they still get hit with ransomware. They just yeah. get, bit, get better Segmentation is huge, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Segmentation is amazing. Um, yeah. So I will say that I um, I have seen I've seen the end of the tunnel for, um, for ransomware, though. Um so racing, if you haven't seen it on GitHub, is is an awesome uh, project that basically notices it injects a um, a process where it it notices anything trying to use VSS admin or delete um, volume shadow copies because that's what ransomware does to protect against mm-hmm. you restoring things, um, and it does an amazing job. I've run a couple samples inside of uh, virtualization with racing in it, and it. Um, they basically break ransomware. Um, mm-hmm. And so it doesn't actually finish encrypting anything because it does all this to protect against you doing it before it encrypts. So um, they haven't coded their way around this yet, at least. And yeah. I think that, um, well, I think they're going to have a hard time coding their way around this because uh, if they don't break their VSS admin or they don't break the volume shadow copies, they're going to, not be able to do very good encryption on things because you can just restore everything, right? Yeah. So I think that what's going to happen in the next six months is this is going to get developed more that mm-hmm. then EDR systems are going to catch on that this exists and they're going to incorporate that or purchase it um, and put it into their set, setup. Um, and ransomware is going to get way harder. And hopefully yeah. Defender puts this in, right? Yeah, I was going to say all Defender the- is where it needs to go. Right. Well, ev- not everybody uses AMSI and all this other stuff, right? Yeah. It, it, if it was in Defender, it'd be great. Um, but essentially what it's doing is it's stopping anyone from doing delete shadows, resize shadow. Like, there's a bunch of stuff. But, um, like, 
Windows itself should stop this from happening, right? Yeah. So even above Defender. But I, th I think that we're getting to the point where people are finding those creative solutions um, to stop ransomware, finally, um, because it's such a big deal, like you're saying, that we're going to see the end of this, just like we saw the end of Java applets, right? Yeah, and how long did that take? I mean, that took the better it, part of a decade. I was going to say six, seven yeah. years, something like that. True, but we're already six, seven years into ransomware. Oh, I, yeah. I know that I was. Yeah. I, That's true. I remember having a phone call my first year at Black Hills with a customer about, what do we do about this ransomware thing? And this is my sixth year at Black Hills, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been a while. And I think what Rob talked about is going to do great at trying to stop that automated ransomware, which is a huge step, right? Like I would say that that's probably 60% of people that get hit. I'm just pulling that out of the air uh, or hit by that automated ransomware. I don't think it addresses where attackers, uh, like where it's actual human beings behind the process, because you can encrypt, you can lock down systems, you can encrypt files. But the other one that we've been seeing in some of our IR work is where the attackers gain access to sensitive data. And then it's ransomware where they basically say, hey, you got this nice data over here. It'd be a damn shame if it ended up on GitHub. Um, mm. but, but that doesn't mean that like what Rob talked about is useless. If we can at least force the attackers to evolve, that's a win, right? I mean, it, it's moving things in the right direction. Because as it stands now, just like you said with Java applets, they haven't had to evolve in like seven, eight years at least. So we need to have something that's kind of pushing them forward at least a little bit with our defenses. Yeah. And their approach. Yeah, we we, we got to make them try here. <laughs> <We gotta laughs> actually, try. not make it automated. Uh, you know, because you're right. Once somebody gets in there, like I know if I'm thinking about that situation myself, I would get on the machine. You know, and it's stopping me from encrypting these files. I'm going to figure out, code my way out of it, or figure out a new mm -hmm. way to you know uh, elevate that situation. And that's but the automated is where a lot of people's getting, a lot of companies are getting hit more than they are necessarily with like the skilled you know mindset coming in there. So, but. Even if they even if they um, encrypt all these files, if you have the VSS or if you have the volume shadow copy, if you have backups, it's yep. not going to yep. be a big deal. It, like backups are I, the big I, thing for this whole I thing. I know lots of yeah. companies who can go. Oh, we got hit with ransomware on this box. We have um, roaming profiles. Revert. <laughs> Gone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully it does get better. And, and, you know, uh, let, and let's also kind of take a step back, you know, doom and gloom passwords and things like that. Um, I really think that pen testing and offensive security is much harder that today than it was even five years ago. Um, I, I honestly believe that there is some improvement and I, I still think what we're going to see is not the entire industry get better. You're going to see some people that continue to accelerate and get better. And you're going to continue to see laggards that are still winning, like running server 2003 in their environment. So I don't know. It's a lot of opportunities to grow and get better in the industry, but I don't necessarily think that every company is going to jump on those trains as fast as they should. It, and I blame it, it's also that. interesting from the pen tester side too, because if you're not growing to step up to those other people, then it becomes even harder to, to stay competitive in that industry, right? As, as just mm -hmm. as a tester, right? Because those those companies are leveling up, right? And all those mm -hmm. tricks you used to do, they don't work anymore. Okay, like you're either yeah. a pro or a Joe, <laughs> and like sometimes you end up with a company, and you know a Joe could handle that, but once you get to the pro version, it, it gets difficult, and you really have to evolve quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So with that, um, I think we're about ready to shut down the news. I don't know. Does anybody else have anything else to add? Try to keep these things short. 
I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I was trying to figure out what Rob was talking about. Racine. Uh, yep. How do you spell it? I'll throw the link into the chat. How about that? Okay. So I did a Google search for Racine ransomware, and the city of Racine, Wisconsin, was hit with ransomware on <laughs> February 3rd, 2020. And I was like, that's hilarious. Jesus. And the mayor said he wasn't going to pay the ransom. So, yeah, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Okay. We're totally negotiating with these terrorists. High ground. High ground. All right, everybody. Let's wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining. Um, Let's talk about security news. And with that, let's take it out. So, thanks for making it work, Jason. It worked.